conversations about yesterday's animation animations. Saturday morning cartoon fair. Days past to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nickelodeon. Thundercats. Ghostbusters. Transformers. DuckTales. Days. Days. Days past to That's not a particularly deep show. So you will like us. Hello and welcome to the Days Past Tooncast. My name is Will. My name is Travis. And on this podcast, we have adult conversations about yesterday's animations. Travis, have you heard the good news? I'm not sure. What is it? Yeah, what is it? The good news, the gospel of Saint Nickelodeon. Oh, mm, mm mm-hmm. In the beginning, there was a Nicktoons holy trinity. Okay. Doug. Yep. We've covered Doug. We have. Rugrats. Yes. We've covered Rugrats. We have. Yeah. Okay. In depth. Ren and Stimpy. Not covered them. We'll get to them a little bit today. Reasons they may not get their own episode. <laughs> There's a few. <laughs> but then the cartoon god said, let there be a fourth. Today we are talking about the fourth Nicktoon, the first new Nicktoon. Basically, they had a little... uh rumble in the tummy uh-huh. you know how it is like when you have something going wrong down there let's just we won't have to get specific yeah. whatever the problem is you have the big thing the big eruption yeah and then you have just a little aftershock yes and guess what guys the show we're talking about today any kind of body function talk is highly appropriate uh-huh. so strap in get go to the bathroom and then hit play yep this is the last little dribble of to me what are the original Nicktoons because I refuse to canonize anything Pat, this is the four Gospels of St. Nickelodeon. This is the last of them. We are, of course, talking about today, Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life. A Nickelodeon hit, a Nick tune to the nth power, Mm. to the Nick power. Right. But I feel like it is easy to point to 90s cartoons and 90s culture and the easy stereotype, the the funnest one. And we certainly... uh, drank from the teat of this particular joke cow yep. of extremity, of extremeness. Mm-hmm. Everyone's on skateboards with rockets on them. Uh. <laughs> I think that's a Nickelodeon show, isn't it? The Rocket Family? That's a, so. okay. Yeah. But that's not all the 90s were about. Uh, the 90s were about weird shit, uh-huh. and they were about burps and farts. Yep, ooze and slime. Oh, the more man. slime, the, the better you're going to be. And it better come from your body. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what this show is about But is it all it's about? Mm. Most importantly, central to it, it is about an immigrant to this great nation of ours Mm -hmm. from Australia, a young wallaby. I don't know how long they live. I don't know how old he is, but he's (laughs) tiny. A wallaby named Rocco. This is great, eh, Spunky? Nobody out driving today. It's like me on the road. A guy in his dog. Now, I know what kangaroos are. Yep. And I know that wallabies are... From Australia, yeah, probably due to this show, <laughs> and that they they resemble kangaroos in some way. But I, I mean, they wouldn't give them separate names if they were the exact same, right? Right. <laughs> so, what's the difference? Uh, the difference is height it has to do with height. Kangaroos, or uh, they're a lot taller, um, and that's it. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that basically. Yeah, yeah. So wallabies have more uh, compact legs, so they're just. 
Okay. A little bit smaller. I was going to joke and say that <laughs> I would be the wallaby and you would be the kangaroos. You're taller than me, but my legs are not the reason I'm shorter. Uh-huh. It's, it's my legs are of, of a pretty good length. Yeah. Yeah. People are always saying, look at the gams on this guy. And a 14 year lifespan, sir. Oh, wow. For, for the wallaby. Okay. So Rocco is probably, let's say he's a little less than middle-aged. Uh-huh. He's a youngish man. So let's say he's three or four years old. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I, the elementary school I went to was Wallace Elementary. And when I went there, our mascot Wallabies, the Wallace Wallabies. Hell yeah. And we had a little hopping guy with a little pouch and everything. Alliteration's key, buddy. Oh, yeah, you got to do it. Now, Uh later on, after I left, some cool kids decided they needed to change it to the Wolverines. Oh. But I don't, it's not like they put X-Men's Wolverine. Like, Logan is not on the logo. It's just, you know, the Wolverine, which looks kind of like a- A little chubby- uh, A muskrat. Yeah. And then finally, they said, let's just be like every other school in the, not only the neighborhood, but the nation- Wallace Wildcats they yep. went with. Like that's you, they just gave up. <laughs> so Rocco is as mild mannered as you get, which you would think is not very interesting for a main character, but I like him. He's a real sweet guy. I, I love him, man. He's I have great. great memories of this guy, man. He's the kind of guy I, I feel like I have met and experienced Rocco's in my life. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, he is the kind of guy who washes your dishes that are in the workplace kitchen uh-huh. when you leave them and you don't wash them. And maybe you meant to get to them later. Yeah. You didn't leave them dirty on purpose, uh-huh. or maybe you're just a slob. I, but it's not it's not something you do on purpose, and he doesn't like them being dirty, and they're in the way, so he washes them. And you never even know. Yeah. But one of the things that happens on the show is that he blows up because he never expresses his anger until it's too late. It's Yeah, it's pent up inside uh-huh. of him. You cheap little rotter. I've been run over by a car, threatened by your Gestapo security guards, beaten by a very large woman, and I still beat the 12 o'clock deadline. So if you don't change that turtle back to $1.50, I will do something not nice. After three months of washing your dishes, he throws the mug at you and screams at you oh. for making him do it, which you didn't make him do it. <laughs> That's his fault. That was on him. He didn't have to do that for you. That's who he is. He is facing modern America in the mid 90s. Mm -hmm. To get into Rocco, where he came from, not just Australia, we should talk a little bit about what a Nicktoon is. It's not just a cartoon that gets shown on Nickelodeon, because there's a lot of those. Inspector Gadget. That was my dealer for Inspector Gadget uh-huh. was Nickelodeon. They gave me that. <laughs> they gave me David the Gnome, and he wasn't a Nicktoon. So what? They, they weren't even invented until 1991. Uh-huh. What is a Nicktoon? Because we're throwing that term around a lot. They're the Nicktoons, and they're not here to be cuddly. Doug, Ren and Stimpy, the Rugrats. These are no stuffed animals. They've got real problems, real adventures, and they're real loud. Turn to the Nicktoons. Tomorrow, starting at 10, 9 central on Nick. Nicktoons started to formulate in the collective mind of Nickelodeon back in the late 80s. They had executive producers at that company that were trying to look into original animation, and they were looking at the landscape before them. And as you and I well know, in the mid to late 80s, what was on TV for kids to watch (laughs) was He-Man and TMNT and uh, cartoons that we love, but that are largely... They may not be there just to sell toys, uh-huh. but they are just shy of being a commercial. That's their hidden agenda. Yeah, and there's always a toy line and then all this merchandise to go with it, which certainly the Nicktoons have done that, and mm-hmm. Rocco's Modern Life is no different, but it's not, well, we have a toy line, so can we please make a cartoon to help sell them? <laughs> That's not what was going on here. <laughs> they didn't want that. They wanted to put creators, the animators, 
the uniqueness and the weirdness of your uh, Tex Avery, uh-huh. these these Looney Tunes animators that were wild madcap comedian types. <laughs> right. And they wanted to put them back at the forefront and say, hey, make something that you want to make that's an expression. And also we will make beach towels and, and baby bonnets and make money off of it. Uh-huh. But only after the fact. Okay? <laughs> Build a brand first, yes. man. So they started trolling around L.A. for artists, animators that might be interested, might have some ideas, might have the chutzpah they're looking for to push a series out into the world and birth something weird and wild. What what, what wild and crazy animations (laughs) is what they were trying to make. (laughs) So they got those first three. 1991. It was a big premiere. Yeah. I think it was a Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what am I doing in 1991? I'm seven years old. Right. So I had to stay home. I didn't go to the club that night. I said, I'm planting myself right here. Prime for the picking. Yeah. I'm just going to eat some mini middles. That was my cookie of choice at oh, the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah, don't make them one. anymore. <laughs> I don't know if the Keebler elves lost the recipe. Uh-huh. I wish they would find it, though. That shit was good. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to watch these. And I loved all three of them. We've talked about two of them. As we said, Ren and Stimpy is the third one that came on. Came on late. Yeah. It's kind of like the late show. Uh-huh. Uh, the content was a little edgier. Yeah. A lot of people know Ren and Stimpy, <laughs> the cat and the dog. We're not here today to talk a ton about Ren and Stimpy, but there is a, one, they're important to the story of Nicktoons and to the story of Rocco's modern life. And there's a lot of comparison between Ren and Stimpy and Rocco's modern life. Some of it fair, mm-hmm. some of it very unfair. <laughs> Ren and Stimpy, the big deal with that show, aside from really pushing the boundaries and showing us stuff that made us very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. not just, I mean, yes, of course, the very lovingly rendered close-ups of like a man's stubble and all the boogers that are hiding uh-huh. in, like the things that just physically were gross. <laughs> <laughs> the the level of maniacal energy that was on the show uh-huh. just made me uncomfortable in a way that I loved. I, I loved the show. Lynn, you're angry? You're third student! I'm angry! I have never been this angry in my entire life! You felt like you had to wash your hands after watching Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And, and maybe your eyes, too. That was part of the appeal of that show, and I'm, I'm sure Nickelodeon knew to some extent what they were getting themselves into with that show. But not completely. The creator of Ren and Stimpy, who is known as John Kay, uh-huh. he's always been a problematic person. More so, uh, we find out recently, uh, some of the things that he was up to, very inappropriate. Go look up the creator of Ren and Stimpy if you want to know more about that. But... What he was up to at the time that was causing problems on Ren and Stimpy, the show was coming in late, it was coming in over budget, and it was coming in with things that Nickelodeon deemed inappropriate for children. And so think back, to, if you've seen Ren and Stimpy, think back to what you did see on the screen and then think there are things that they had to cut or not show you. Yeah, which you only saw about three and a half episodes. There's, yeah, there's not there. many episodes of Ren and Stimpy uh, right. that were coming out at that time, yeah. and that's the reason uh-huh. is... They, they just weren't producing them. Right. This is where the comparison between Rocco's Modern Life and Ren Stimpy solidified itself. It crystallized itself in my mind. Mm-hmm. Both shows are gross, right? Yes. But Rocco's Modern Life, maybe in some ways less so, maybe just partly because the animation is not as detailed or uh-huh. the way that they animate gross stuff. Yeah, the super close-up from Ren and Stimpy. Uh, I mean, you're like, bro, come on. We seriously? all know. Yeah. It's, it's like, A booger that close? It's like the Sistine Chapel of grossness uh-huh. that they would yeah, paint yeah, for yeah. you. Yeah. Rocco's Modern Life is the Green Day to Ren and Stimpy's Sex Pistols. Yeah, okay. Okay? Yeah, I'll follow. Green Day is a fine pop band. Uh, they they write some great music. They write some good punk music. Everyone loves Dookie. Everyone, Everyone loves, loves Dookie. Dookie. Everyone loves yeah. that American Idiot album. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Sex Pistols had one album. 
They didn't play all of it. All the people were hired to play on it to some extent. Uh-huh. They were insufferable assholes. Yeah. Everyone, they were doing that on purpose. <laughs> Everything that they did was an indictment. It was all satire. There was no heart to what they were doing other than a, a deep, dark, poisonous heart uh-huh. that hated. <laughs> and they could only stick together for one album. Emphasis, hate. Sex Pistols doesn't write songs that you might get married to. Uh-huh. I think there are probably people who've gotten married to a time of your life. Yeah. I mean, easily, easily. So both punk bands, one self-destructive, the other one... You can play for your grandma. You, you can, yeah. ultimately, and uh-huh. there's still some edge to it, but there's also a gosh darn heart to it. Mm-hmm. Rocco's Modern Life is sweeter than Ren and Stimpy ever was. Ren and Stimpy, the characters on there are only ever sweet in like a manic way. Uh-huh. Like they're swinging hard back from the direction of, <laughs> I was about, like Ren, I was about to kill you and now I'm apologizing. Alcoholic dad energy to the nth power. Right. To the nth power. Oof. Nobody's a human or like a real character, a real person uh-huh. on Ren and Stimpy, which is <laughs> right. not a bad thing. Yeah. I, it works for what it is, but they're very different in that way. Yeah. Ren and Stimpy was genius a lot of the time. While John Kay was on it, as problematic as he is, he was very good at making good Ren and Stimpy shows, but the show was out of control. He was out of control. So Nickelodeon fired him from Ren and Stimpy and said, our next show that we make, we got to animate it in-house because those three Nicktoons were being animated by their creators at other places. Mm-hmm. They said, we need a little bit more control so we want to have another John K situation. They started Games Animation, which became Nickelodeon Animation Studios. This was their in-house animation production studio because the Nicktoons were popular and successful. Yep. And they knew that they needed to reach for another creator, mm-hmm. get another show going. That's where Rocco's Modern Life comes in. Who's responsible for this? Nick's gonna tell who makes Rocco. Meet the creator. Hi, I'm Joe Murray. I'd like to show you around the studios. This is the background department. Joe Murray was a San Francisco comic book guy. Okay. He liked to make comic books and independent movies. Yeah. He was trying to put together an independent animated film when Nickelodeon approached him. And he did the pilot for Rocco's Modern Life, created the show to make money for his independent film. Right. That, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll create a proof of concept for you guys, this huge company, if it gets me money to do my own thing uh-huh. off to the side. <laughs> he was a little skeptical of TV, of corporations, of corporate TV cartoons. I guess he came from a- As you should be. Uh, you should be, mm-hmm. but you know- A little bit guarded. Yeah, but here's the thing. Not so much that he didn't do the show. Yeah. Because <laughs> he found out that they were on the same page about a few things, specifically that he said, I'm going to write for adults. I want my cartoon to be for adults to be able to appreciate. Uh-huh. And Nickelodeon said, no, do that. Do what you just said. <laughs> and so he stuck around and they were off to the races. Yeah, huge adult audience, man. I mean, you and I just watched some episodes. <laughs> we're about to get to those here in a minute. Yeah, I, as a kid, watching Rocco's Modern Life was like watching a weird sitcom. Uh-huh. A very strange sitcom with animals. And that you can't watch in front of your mom, yeah, really. I, mean, I think this one you could fly in on your, on your mom's radar uh-huh. better than Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> yeah. Now, we heard a little bit of one of the theme songs for Rocco's Modern Life up at the top of this episode. Joe Murray. Mm-hmm. Originally, Nickelodeon was telling him, hey, man, you're you're this is the fun. It's like if you work for a corporation, they give you the card and you're going to check into a Motel 6 because you're used to saving. Right. Like, no, 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 no. You you go to the La Quinta. Uh-huh. You go to the what? What's the next step up? I don't know. Holiday Inn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Holiday Inn. They're saying go think bigger than Motel 6 uh-huh. here. Don't think of your buddy down the street who does some funny, <laughs> funny music. Think bigger. So he asked for Alan Silvestri. 
He did Back to the Future. He's done so many movies. Uh-huh. He's, he is a true scorer of films. <laughs> right. Uh, and it was a no, as I understand a it. A sharp from, no. Yeah, from Alan Silvestri. I, I don't know if he was offended or if uh, it was just uh, a matter of... You can't afford me, kid. I don't know what kind of money Nickelodeon was rolling in at that time. Uh, they had the Nicktoons money. Mm-hmm. They had orange orange backs. They had orange backs <laughs> over Nickelodeon. Orange slime, slime they would, backs. They would pay you in gag. Uh. They had a whole gag bank. <laughs> so, next option. Yep. Who else but Danny Elfman, Mm -hmm. Tim Burton's right-hand man. He has him locked up in a cage somewhere, (laughs) lets him make score (laughs) score films on the side, aside from his own occasionally, but he was busy. That's how it's put. It's not put as a, it was turned down. It Uh was a, sorry. Luckily, it's the Goldilocks... Yeah. Goldilocks syndrome <laughs> right. was alive and well. The third one was just right. The third one was available and willing. Yep. The third choice was, of course, one of my very favorite artists in the world. And I say this not as someone who follows them closely, who could tell you much about them on a trivia level like I could some of my other favorite artists. I just enjoy them as people, and they make me smile. <laughs> right. And I've, I think we have cut some of the times that we talk about them at length because I'll go on forever about how great they are. We're talking about the artist who did the best Rocco's Modern Life theme song, the B-52s. Yeah. Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone in the band is lovely and very talented, and Fred Schneider is no different. He's the man who is saying, if you don't know, Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life. (laughs) And if you've ever heard the B-52s before, you, you know... How that sounds. That's, You've heard him. Yeah, Love Shack, yeah. baby. Yeah. Whatever the title of the song is, he's going to say it. Don't fear the Reaper. <laughs> I would love for him to to guest on more artists' other songs. Right. So I just imagine when he's listening to like the band has laid down the tracks and the ladies that are in the band are singing their harmonies together, and he's sitting uh-huh. there like, "What am I going to do for this one?" Rocco's Modern Life. They're singing Rocco's Modern Life, but they're singing it. Okay, I, I'm. Let me try something. I got this. I got this. Rocco's modern life. <laughs> Perfect. First take. I. I. But the thing is, what else would I want him to do? Nothing. Mm-hmm. And he does. He does more than just the titles. Like uh, Rock Lobster is just a genius song uh, that has some great. He. I feel like he's living the song when he sings that one. Uh-huh, yeah. Because yep. he says boys and bikinis, girls with surfboards. Like he's getting excited. <laughs> So to get back into the modern life mm-hmm. and under, re-understand what it's about, because we, we were growing up right then, Travis. We yes. were hitting a prime age. But to put ourselves back in the shoes of one living the 90s modern life, yep. we ordered a flight mm-hmm. of Rocco episodes yeah. to sample. Line up three of them, Barkeep, because we want to know what are the notes? What, what does it smell like? Tell me. What kind of barrel it was made in. I want a sample tray now. Now. So our first is a pretty straight up gross episode. (laughs) Just point blank. But it's also got some notes of honey sweetness. Mm. It is actually a very sweet episode in how it approaches 
all kinds of body bullshit that is just basically this episode is if you take those commercials where they have the animated mucus Uh that lives inside of you and you're trying to murder it with your medicine. Yeah. Well, that's you just turn it into an 11 minute cartoon Uh because this just so you know, Rocco's Modern Life typically like the other Nicktoons was divided up into segments. They would usually have two of them per episode. So you got even more Rocco stories, Uh even more modern lives. Uh This episode or this segment rather that we're starting with is called Flu Inuenza. Mm. Flu influenza. Mm-hmm. I took this to mean like you have butt flu, yeah. like like the stomach, <laughs> and you're having you're you're shooting it out that end, not you're vomiting. Right. Yeah. But they, yeah, he does here. vomit in the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the kind of waters we're going to be treading today, folks. Yeah. So get used to it. Talk about a leaky nose. Oh, man. Um, everywhere in this episode, Rocco wakes up with. The leakiest nosed flu you ever did see. <laughs> like, it is not even a leaky faucet, because uh-huh. that's drips and drabbles. Like, yeah. this is just... Yeah, it's rough. Ugh, it's bad. It's rough, yeah. And Rocco has tickets to a wrestling event, Yeah, but he's not going to go to it because he's sick, because he's responsible. Yeah. He's a responsible person. He is sick and therefore doesn't want to risk other people getting sick. Uh-huh. Okay, guys? Yeah. That's, Get it? That's the kind of modern life he's on. That's right. He's woke. He was way woke already. <laughs> His head is full of mucus. Yeah. To the extent, not just the constant nose drip, he blows it out of his ears, uh-huh. which I've never, I think that's possible. I've never had it. I've never done okay, it. Okay, well, let's just say it's... In Nick world, baby, it's oh, in it. Oh, I mean, yeah, Nick, you're in it. To they win probably it. sold it. Yeah. They probably sold it in the store. <laughs> and when he goes to the doctor, the doctor finds a whole mucus landscape, uh-huh. including Michelangelo's David yes. in... Rocco's head and ears. So that that's like, and they're willing to show you all this, like, you know, lots of wet noises. And Oh, they got it for you. He goes to the doctor at an urgent care type place. Travis, you've been to one of these before, I assume? Uh, a couple times, okay, yeah. I have mm-hmm. two. <laughs> when I go, yeah. I feel like I'm in a crime show. Oh, most definitely. And that I'm going to see, like... Like a mob doctor. I'm going to see the doctor that is off the grid. (laughs) A doctor who either treats criminals or now has to treat criminals because they did something noble, but that broke the rules back in the day. And like their boss said, (laughs) you're out of here, Johnson. And now you got to work at Primacare. Better call Saul part two. Exactly. The vet from Uh. that. Okay. That vet. (laughs) Rocco is met by the doctor called Dr. Bendova. Mm -hmm. Bendova. (laughs) Dr. Bendova. Who has brain samples in jars. Yep. He has knives, axes, fresh blood on a metal like torture table. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A chainsaw. Uh. And his entrance is announced by the flush of a toilet. It's like the gong Uh before the emperor comes in. (laughs) Uh Someone to heal. The guy's asked him a bunch of questions. He's got a weird energy, trying to give him all these exams. Rocco kind of loses his temper a little bit. He, you can see it right away where he says, I need some medicine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is my attitude when I'm at an urgent care place, for sure. Give like, me medicine. Well, because I know why I'm there. Yeah. I'm there because I'm sick somehow, and I didn't come for medical tests. It's like, look, we all know how this works. Put those pills Skip the in my hand. One medicine, please. <laughs> and a shot, if you don't mind. I'm going to tell you the medicine I want. And you're going to give it to me. Mm-hmm. And you're going to check one. You're, you get one <laughs> test to tell me what's wrong with me. Yep. And regardless, I have already told you what's wrong with me. <laughs> so Rocco has his medicine. That's what yep. we all come for. That's what we all go. Doctors who work at urgent care places. Yeah, cut, yeah, cut, cut the, the talk. It's not that I don't respect you. It's that I know you committed crimes in your past. <laughs> so just let me be the doctor for uh-huh. once and tell you what I need. 
He gets home with this huge pill. Pill. It's a single pill <laughs> that is as big, bigger than his throat. It's more than he can fit in there. It's as big as a whale. It's, it's about to set sail. He takes the pill. Yeah. And then looks at the bottle, which, yeah, that's how you do it. Uh huh. But he looks and it says not to be taken orally. <laughs> It's a pill. <laughs> I hope it wasn't to be taken rectally or or otherwise. I don't understand. Right. But I've never been given a pill and been told not to take it <laughs> and swallow it. Right. And then it's off to Grateful Dead. World yeah, man. Form. It's uh-huh. trip time, baby. Yeah, baby. Uh, the trip doesn't last long. Guy is puking. Oh, yeah. And this is when we meet Rocco's brand new best pals uh-huh. that he puked up. He's got he's got the dog Spunky. He's a yeah. cute little black and white dog. Mm-hmm. That's his best friend for life. He's got other friends. And we'll get to them, but these are some of the sweetest little pukes <laughs> that you've ever met. The Enchanted Upchucks. Who are you? We are the Enchanted Upchucks. I'm Wretch. I'm Harold. I'm Spew. <laughs> we are here to nurse you back to life. <laughs> Just the sweetest little, I mean, they're adorable. They really, it is, they look like, uh, you know, the let's all go to the lobby. Uh-huh. Let's that. Oh, yeah, yeah. After the movie, after you've eaten the hot dog and the popcorn and you've drank the drink, <laughs> this is what comes out. <laughs> yes. These three guys. Right. Wretch is a slightly digested hot dog. Yep. Hurl is a piece of cheese that has been puked up. And Spew is a slice of pizza, about half there. <laughs> I guess stomach acid got to him. Uh, and they are, they have all the energy of helpful squirrels in a Disney cartoon. Oh, yeah. They are there to help. Mm-hmm. These are your friends. Yeah. Let them help, Rocco. <laughs> and the rest of the episode is pretty much them doing things to Rocco to help him out, to try and make him not sick, that make him more sick in the meantime. And it's not, <laughs> that out, old of, gag. It's not out of malice. Yeah. It's just how, it's all they know to do. Yeah. And Rocco, for, again, he could get a lot angrier a lot sooner with them. All three of them <laughs> scrape toe jam off of their toes. Uh-huh. I don't know why they have toes and toe jam. They just were born <laughs> out of his stomach. But they say toe jam tea. Uh-huh. And they make him hot water with their toe jam in it and make him drink it. <laughs> he said they're just born. They were just born <laughs> out of his like stomach. It. Yeah, I love it. That's disgusting. Uh-huh. He could have gotten a lot madder there. They pull his brain open yep. just by lifting a scalp off of his skull and shove some shit in there. Uh-huh. And all this time, it's only at the very end once they put him through like hot and cold, they made him eat something super spicy, that he gets mad and chases them back in the bathroom, at which point he realizes, hey. hey that worked. I'm feeling a lot yeah, better. I'm actually better now. Which I do find that if I'm a certain kind of sick, I want to put Tabasco sauce in my tomato soup mm-hmm. just to... I don't know. I I tell myself that that somehow is healing me. I have I feel like that's just bullshit. <laughs> Straight up horse shit. Like somebody decided some cowboy decided that a long time ago. It was like, "Oh, things that make me feel bad. That's what makes me feel better is tough uh. stuff." But I had that conversation with someone this week already. Does it work? I don't think so. He was like, man, I eat some hatched green chilies and man, uh, my sickness is gone. No, that's how it works, guys. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I just beat on myself with a rock till my headache goes away. (laughs) I get street fights. I feel better. (laughs) But they did cure Rocco. Yep. So they wave goodbye to him and jump Mm -hmm. back in the toilet and flush themselves away to Never Never Land. (laughs) And the next day, Rocco's ready to go to the wrestling event. Yep. However, this little dog's spunky. Mm-hmm. I, and this, by the way, this is how it works. Yeah. 
I don't know. Between a wallaby and a dog. Yeah. Maybe it could work. Oh, I'm, yeah, I think yeah, you right. as a human. Yeah. yeah, you're right. My cats and I don't <laughs> spread diseases back and forth near as I can tell. Uh-huh. But Spunky now has the flu. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. This is a dog. He can take care of himself or he can just not go to the thing. Rocco could get somebody to babysit him. Any yeah. number of things he could do. Rocco's such a sweetheart that he stays home and gives his ticket away mm-hmm. to be with Spunky. Would that ever happen on Ren and Stimpy? Not at all. No. Nope. No. The dog would be dead in the ground and Rocco would be in a madhouse somewhere. That's uh-huh. how the episode would have ended. <laughs> Next up on our flight, a segment from season three, episode one. Mm-hmm. The segment is entitled Belch of Destiny. Uh, a few reasons to cover this one. Uh-huh. <laughs> one, because we get to spend some time with Rocco's best non-vomit friends. Yep. <laughs> and also because as a kid, this was one of my very favorite segments. I will get to it. Uh-huh. We'll get to how it shaped me as a person. <laughs> but also, Travis, I'm going to say it's found its way into your life as well through me. Uh, okay. So the gospel lives on. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so Belch of Destiny. Yep. Rocco is driving two of his friends to a Weasel Scout gathering. Uh-huh. Weasel Scouts are just Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, whatever. In O-Town, yep. yeah. Like, I feel like a Weasel Scout <laughs> is like like Steve Buscemi would be the Scoutmaster. Oh, yeah, like yeah. Somebody good, with good, a Wheezy face. Good call, good call. The two friends, first of them, Philbert mm-hmm. Turtle. Yep. He has glasses, he is very neurotic, and he is violently timid. Mm. Like, he's so timid... <laughs> That you were offended. Like, you feel like it's being done to you. Uh-huh. Have you ever been around uh-huh. someone who yeah. is just so like, I don't know. And they're like, fuck you. Like, you were just, you're upset with them for it. Now, I love, <laughs> I love Philbert. Yeah. But that's, that's how timid he is. He is just. Violently timid. Very much so. Yeah. His catchphrase is, I'm nauseous. Uh-huh. Everything makes his tummy hurt. His little tummy. <laughs> I don't know about this. My bowels are loose. And I've lost the feeling in my extremities. Oh, you'll be fine. I don't think this is such a good idea. Don't be silly. I'm too scared, I tell you. He is clearly a Woody Allen type. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he shouldn't be compared to Woody Allen because as we found out, Woody Allen is a monster. And Filbert is a dedicated family man married to a cat with a hook for a hand. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have four kids together. Right. Okay. And two of them are turtles and two of them are cats. No, one's a cat, one's a cow. That's a complicated story. We're not going to get into it. Yeah, we'll get it later. Yeah. They have a genuinely sweet married relationship. Yep. And she pushes his boundaries a little bit. (laughs) You know, he's worried about everything. Mm -hmm. The other friend in the car is worried about nothing most of the time. He is too airheaded to do so. (laughs) His name is Heifer Wolf. And he is not a wolf. He is, as he will point out, not a cow but a steer because he is a male bovine (laughs) and he is all kinds of sweet. Like I would love to have him around Mm -hmm. because the kind of dumb that he is, it's really just more not aware. Yeah. It seems like he is constantly just whatever is in front of him and is most shiny is the center of the universe. And that's it. My name is Tom. No, wait, that's not right. Jeff, Dan, Joe, Bartholomew! That was lovely. I would have made it longer, but I couldn't think of anything else that rhymed with dreams. Hey, you want to go for a soda? He is called Heifer Wolf because he was, you know, raised by wolves. You know this term? Uh-huh, you heard yeah, of this, yeah, right? Yeah, I've heard it a couple yeah, times. We've, heard, yeah. we've all heard of this. Okay, well, yeah, guess what? On, eh? He was raised by wolves. Mm. 
<laughs> he was found by a family of wolves yeah. as a, a young steer, as a calf, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they took him in. He did not realize for a long time what the story was. He just thought he was adopted. Yeah. Well, they did come to love him and treat him like a son, as mm -hmm. one of their own. Right. But they originally, quote unquote, adopted him the same way that like a, a fox adopts a chicken from your coop. Mm -hmm. As in, <laughs> you are going to be a meal, and we're just raising you up to not be a calf. We uh -huh. need you to be bigger. Right. And he has this, uh, in the episode that they talk about it, he's like, haven't you seen my birthmark before? He has no idea. Yeah. And it's just like, they have just labeled different cuts of meat <laughs> on his back. Right. You know, like, here's the prime rib. Here's back this. strap. Yeah. yeah. But he's a lovable lug, uh -huh. raised by wolves, loves his wolf family. Wolf family loves him, not in an edible way. <laughs> These are the two best friends of Rocco. I will say Heifer, all the all the voice acting on this show is top notch. It's oh, great. Yeah, all very funny. Tom Kenny, who was on Mr. Show, yep. and has gone on to a few other things. Yeah. I just winked at Travis. So <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, winky because yeah. we're like, I we're not going to talk about that right now, though. Got something in your eye there. Uh, he played Heifer Wolf, a lot of other characters bits on here and he's done a lot of other voice work since then but he's just one of the funniest people in the world to me and mm -hmm. <laughs> he brings a lot of humor to heifer but he also brings a lot i'll say it heart mm, you said it yeah you said it this show is about farts mm -hmm. with heart yeah 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 that's it that's it <laughs> so rocco is driving them to the weasel scouts meeting and we find out that there is a talent show being put on by the weasel scouts and the grand prize for the troupe that has the best perform <laughs> single performance, I don't know. I, <laughs> that, that it seems like, right. yeah, not a yeah. great way to do it, but uh, is a trip to Astro Camp, uh -huh. Space Camp. Yeah, baby. Heifer has an act, a really good act. Mm -hmm. This made me laugh every time I watched it yeah. for this episode. This is what I remember from this episode. Uh -huh. All the stuff that we're about to go through is comedy genius. And if you don't like it, Go to hell. Go to I'm sorry. hell. I don't even, I'm not going to pull my punches on this one. This is, this shit is funny. Um, it's, it's a bit of slam poetry and it involves him. He does need one prop and that is a cup of soda. Yep. He slurps on the soda and recites oh thusly. <laughs> Roses are red. Violets are blue. Sugar is sweet. <laughs> Travis, we're going to get kind of meta here, a okay. inside baseball, but okay. there's a, a joke that we like to do. It's really just a voice. Uh-huh. And it sounds like this. <laughs> there's a lot of yes. that in yes. our in our vaults somewhere, in the yeah, DPTC vault. Yep. And I discovered how to do that uh -huh. dumb thing pretty much by trying to do something that emulates what Heifer does in this episode. Uh, this belt is for you. Because I can't burp like that. I can't uh -huh. make a burp yeah, 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 yeah. voice like that. Uh, but everything I do like this is thanks to Heifer. Wow. That's the character, That's where man. he comes wow, from. I and love he's, it. He's come such because he's such a more deep character. Uh -huh. Such a deep, <laughs> sad character now. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I just, this is what it's about, people. This uh -huh. is what funny is. Right. This is universally funny. It, it gets no better. And you're denying yourself and you're denying reality uh -huh. if you say otherwise. <laughs> uh, so he takes it to the stage. Roses are red, violets are blue, sugar is sweet. <laughs> it's like a demon. It blows the window out, everything. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like like that one at the talent show yeah, the is violent. Yeah, yeah uh -huh. it's, it, it just about brings the house down right. in a literal way. 
And I love how they break into just celebration. Like, yeah. it's not even laughter necessarily. It's just like, he did it. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is amazing. Uh-huh. It's concern for like two seconds and yeah. then just and then, complete insanity. Like he's hoisted up on, his, uh-huh. on their shoulders. Yeah. This is the power of burps and farts, people. Hip, hip, hooray. This is what will heal us uh-huh. as a nation and as humanity. If we will just stop denying it's funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> we got to listen to it because he keeps doing it throughout the episode. He's like practicing his bit. His voice is like barely able to do it. Uh-huh. The anger, it's like, it's almost like it has this power that it's going to call upon. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I the, like it. The power of burps commands you. Man, the connection. I love I it. I love it. It's yeah. too good. It's uh-huh. too good. Now, the problem is somebody who doesn't love it as much as maybe we do yep. is Heifer's dad. Yeah. Mr. The Wolf. I don't, I don't. Mr. Wolf. Yeah. Let's call him Mr. Wolf. <laughs> he is upset that his son's. I guess his legacy through his son is that his son does this silly thing yeah. that maybe he finds gross. I don't know. Wolves are called kinds of gross, I'm sure. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. But it it does seem kind of like how Carrot Top's parents might have felt at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah, Before yeah, yeah. he got the phone commercials, before he was known all over the place. Yeah. Like Gallagher Sr. Uh, might have felt this way. And so he, he lays into Heifer, and Heifer, even though they won this trip to space camp, he can't even bring himself to go because he feels so hurt. By his dad. Oh, yeah. It really, really wrecks him. And that's the heart. Yeah. Here's a guy who has a relationship with his father, and his dad gives us a reason why he doesn't like it. It's not, again, Ren and Stimpy would just be like this mean, drunk old man, just go like, you embarrass me. And then he would just scream and cry, and his body would fall apart. Uh. (laughs) His dad's being a little bit of a hypocrite, though, because his dad, as Heifer's mom points out, was a burgeoning arm fartist Mm. in his youth. And even... (laughs) Proposed to his wife with an arm fart, it seems. <laughs> I don't know if, if it was like Morse code, like mm-hmm. we actually flash back to it and see it. And he does it through his shirt. Mm. And that's impossible. Yeah. So he's, he's he was very talented and I guess he gave it up to support the family. Right. But could have gone to Vegas with that. Maybe. Totally. Yeah. But this reminds him where, where his roots are, which is again, farts and burps. The universal language. The sound that binds us. He forgives his son. I used to be in on this <laughs> body sound game too. And I am proud of you. I do hope you will do other things with your life beyond this. Mm-hmm. I, I still disagree with him. Mm-hmm. I need nothing more from Heifer Wolf than this belt just for you for the rest of his life. It's a universal language binding us all. This belt just for you. Writing for adults is part of what made the show great. Yeah, it was. But it also leads sometimes to censorship, mm-hmm. which Rocco's Modern Life faced, maybe not as harshly as Ren and Stimpy, but there were some things that were excised and there were some episodes that got hashtag banned. Banned. Uh, just as a simple example, they would go to a restaurant that early on was called Chokey Chicken. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, I don't get it. Yeah, this is one I'm fine with them losing. Uh-huh. It wasn't that funny. Chewy chicken is what they ended up calling it, which I think is funnier because that's gross. Uh-huh. Stick with the gross. Then I guess they went back to Chokey Chicken for the, the Netflix. Well, because in 2019, we can all choke chickens, finally. <laughs> We've all admitted that this is okay. It's fine now, yeah, right? Chickens are meant for choking. Yeah. But for our final sip 
a band segment. A rare vintage. Yes. A vintage of 1993, mm-hmm. I believe, because it yep. was season one, episode two. Mm. A segment entitled Leapfrogs. Yes. <laughs> good pick. And it fe- Yeah, I really enjoyed yeah, this a lot. This was I, good. And I remembered a lot of this one. Uh, this one we selected in part because not only was it banned, but also because it features Rocco's Next Door Neighbors. Yeah. The Big Heads, <laughs> who are a couple of cane toads, and they are an old, a middle-aged couple. They are excitable people. And their relationship is complex. Yeah. The one that we focus on a lot in this episode is Bev, or Beverly, Big Head. Yeah. We're playing on this trope of, and I don't, I really don't know. I guess I wasn't aware of there being one of these in my neighborhood growing up. I certainly have seen it on television a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, Travis, maybe you had one of these growing up, like your local horny lady, uh. the lonely housewife <laughs> that gets strapping young men, or a wallaby in this case, to do chores. Do some yard work. As at least as just eye candy, if not a seduction technique. Uh-huh. Has anyone ever actually done this? Uh- I. I'm uh, assuming, yeah, but... I've never seen it in any of my neighborhoods. It can't be frequent. No. If they're doing uh-huh. it, they're doing it under the radar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it seems like a, a purely television invention uh-huh. to me. <laughs> Beverly is filling that role for us. She and Ed, we see, are in a late period sitcom marriage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by that I, late period, I mean, it seems like it might be about to end. Uh-huh. It's not like Ross and Rachel where yeah. they're getting into it. Yeah. This is where most sitcom marriages are from 1950 to 1970, uh-huh. probably. Hey, but at least their beds are pushed together, though. So we'll we'll take that. That's great. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> talking about woke. You woke up next uh-huh. to your wife because yeah, you guys go. had your shit put together. She is putting mud on her face before yep. she goes to bed. Yep. He's wearing full body pajamas. <laughs> if this is a typical night for you and your loved one. You may be stuck in a WandaVision style sitcom. Uh-huh. Like I don't I don't know people who go to bed this way. Everybody's fully dressed. People are just made up in some way that they're doing the grossest things to their bodies. He is he is shaving his tongue uh-huh. before bed. Yeah. Uh, I and that's it's that's a cartoon thing. But it's also waxing his lips, yeah. by the way. <laughs> that's how he ends it, yeah. Ed honey, we should take another cruise. I'm waxing my lips here. And Ed is a employee at Conglomo, which is the corporation that pretty much owns O-Town, the setting of Rocco's Modern Life. Yep. Uh, their motto is, we own you. <laughs> Rightfully so. I'm glad yeah. they're out front with it. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. He's a bit of, he's a hard nut to crack. You know, Bev, for all her, she's she's a tough lady. Yeah. And she's got, she's got a thorny outside, I would say. She's yeah, a prickly. Yeah. Yeah. But he he doesn't want to talk about his emotions. He's probably in Korea. Mm. I mean, it's 1990, so he just he doesn't want to talk about any of that. He's just a company man. He doesn't want to talk about feelings. Yeah. They do have a son. He's estranged. Mm-hmm. Their way of bickering and fighting and how they raised him led to an estrangement. He, we find out in another episode. His name is Ralph. He created the Fatheads, who are this very violent. It's a very funny cartoon. When they yeah. do cartoons with them, the cartoons in this show, they're funny. It's genius. Yeah, super violent, very just yelling, and it's not that far off from how they interact. I am talking to you. Hello, listen to me. Nope, I'm not doing it. Hello, listen to me. Nope, not any part of it. Hello, hello, hello. But on this night, they've got an empty nest. Yep. Bev's looking for some honey, and her papa bear just ain't <laughs> delivering. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Cupid gets involved. Yeah. The actual, a pig version of Cupid yep. witnesses this couple not having sex is really what it's about. Yeah. Like that's, this is part of why it was banned. It's not so much that they're showing you sexual things. It's that the entire plot is I'm a sexual being. I want you to be hot for me. Yeah. And why aren't you? What's yes. the fucking problem here? And so that's, how do you explain that? Yeah. <laughs> well, the piggy, piggy Cupid shoots Ed with a whole quiver of arrows and that is not enough to make him yep. hook up with his betrothed. So the next day, Bev, lonely, horny, let's just say. She's not a horny toad, but she's a cane toad, and they, they're known to get down and clown. Yep. Ooh. Oh, I'm using it the wrong way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Come on. I now. didn't say she was down to Take clown. Take two steps back. Bev looks out the window, and she spots her mark. Rocco is mowing his lawn next door. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this is where I'm like, okay, so he's old enough to live alone and rent a house. He works at a comic book store. I think he's 20. I think, he, I think he's 20 years of age. And he's renting or possibly owning a house on a comic book store salary. That's where he works. <laughs> Incredible. I, uh-huh. I I like to think that because he, he does talk about his parents living in Australia. Maybe they're sending him money or something because uh, something's up here. Yeah. Something's up. <laughs> Rocco is dealing with the mower and Bev's meaty gam <laughs> steps in, like with high heel on, steps into frame. Bam. You see yeah. all the stubble on it. Now, if this was Ren and Stimpy, yeah, it would have been like up two close. minutes of going up and down all the creatures that are hiding in the folds of her leg. 900 shades of yeah, green. Not so here. Uh-huh. <laughs> the level of aggression that she shows towards Rocco in getting him to uh, be her boy toy, so to speak, <laughs> she is a predator. She's yeah. a bit of a oh, predator. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. Again, on Ren and Stimpy, if this character existed there, all you would see is her being a predator. You just see her going out and trying to bone down the <laughs> local wallaby and, and how violent she would get about it. Oh, yeah. Here, we have had a whole setup where it's like, oh, poor lady, she feels unwanted. And even though this maybe isn't the way to go about it, yeah. she has real fe- I feel bad for her. Mama just wants some loving. Mama Mama Bear just wants some honey. That's it. And Do you blame her? I get it. And you get to see that. You yep. get to see, and later on, you get to see the fallout of how their relationship works. It's not deep stuff, but it's treating these characters like uh, they're not human beings, but like real beings, real yeah. characters, uh-huh. real people. It's real situations. It's real. Will. Yeah. It's real. This ha- well, I think we've established this doesn't happen. <laughs> but something like, you know, these kinds of things. Yeah. She invites him over to do basically I I could use a man like you. I was wondering, perhaps you'd like to earn a few extra bucks helping me with some odd jobs. I could really use a man around the house today. Well, actually, Mrs. Beakhead, I've got quite a lot to do around here and I've only now! And that level of of aggression finds its way into so many situations where she just walks up to him at one point and her eyes get huge. She goes, don't you like my eyes? Hmm? Oh, yes. Touch them. She has Rocco fix, quote unquote, her VCR. Uh She's giving her a hard time. She... Has a tape in there, it turns out. Yeah. And all he had to do was plug it in. It was it was a setup. Uh-huh. This is a this is a bait and switch with essentially porn. Yes. <laughs> Again, think think if and I'm not it's not about gender, but it's think if a male character or a man in real life did all these things. He said, You need to come help me. She says, I don't know. He says, You're doing it now. He shoves a body part in front of a person and says, uh-huh. Touch it. Don't you like it? Yeah. Touch it now. <laughs> She has this VCR, has a tape in it. He fixes it. They sit down to watch it. It's the mating habits of cane toads. Uh-huh. So for her, porn. It's porn. Porn, essentially. Yep. So someone just, quote unquote, accidentally shows you porn. 
the same guy. Or or just says, hey, no, it's just a movie. It's just a National Geographic. Yeah, nothing to see here. Now, she gets her comeuppance because the, the only thing wrong here, I guess, is that she's a married woman. Yeah. And it, at first, it seems like she's just going for a flirt. She just wants the attention. Over time, it starts to feel like she is ready for some wallaby loving. Yeah. <laughs> but almost every time she does one of these things, she gets some kind of awful cartoon violent comeuppance. Like in this case, the VCR stops working. She goes to look inside of it and her eyes are pulled out by the VHS machine. Uh-huh. The, v- the VCR, you might call it. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like your explanation, though. <laughs> and then later, she tries to drug him. Yeah. Without With telling Spanish him. Fly. With Spanish yeah. fly. Yeah. Yeah. And I know not a, not a real drug, not even a real thing. <laughs> She tries to slip Spanish fly in under the radar. Yeah. Does not tell him. He does not consent to taking <laughs> Spanish fly. No. Somehow, something she's doing sends her into her own blender where she made this lemonade. And then the flies do like a stand-up routine about uh-huh. what's red and green and goes 100 miles per uh-huh. hour, which yep. isn't a classic joke. It's a frog in a blender. Yeah. And then they blend her until she has frog juice with two eyeballs. Yeah. Violent comeuppance. Yeah. Violence. So this show is about the violence. It's about the grossness. If you're a predator, you will be put in a blender yeah. and killed. <laughs> That's We're trying to add that to the ways that you can kill somebody yeah, here yeah. in Texas. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. We finally get to the point, the breaking point, I would call it, <laughs> uh, where all the fun of, you know, I'm giving you a Spanish flag. I mean, that's not fun. You know, the things that she's done to this point, maybe just flirting or maybe just in a, inappropriate. Yeah. But this is where we get into the territory of like, I think you're just trying to sleep with Rocco. Uh-huh. She has put on a dress and calls him in. And Bev's, Bev, the, the performance for Bev, just the, Rocco, come in here, honey. Yoo-hoo, Rocco. Could you come upstairs for a moment, please, dear? All that's missing is a cigarette oh, when yeah. she talks. You just assume that she's been, she's on a lot of patches right now. She's covered in patches. She calls Rocco in and says, Would you zip me up, darling? Because she's putting on a dress. Yeah. This is a problem with any woman putting on a dress on television, it seems. Any woman cannot zip the dress up herself. Yeah. And yeah, maybe it's a play. But who's making these dresses? Like, I've had to zip up dresses before, and it wasn't a seduction technique. They're just made in such a way, maybe we should make dresses that any person can zip up themselves. It's a poor design. Yeah, because we've been brainwashed by TV Uh to be scared of the zip up. Yeah. I better stay away. I can't put on a necklace, and I can't can't, 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 uh, zip up a dress. They have been ruined. Uh Uh-huh. And in this case, it was. uh, It's a little tight on her. Rocco zips it. It's like one of these rubber dresses. It's like a vinyl, like PVC... type dress and so it just goes flying off she's naked yeah Rocco feeling pretty awkward at this point uh-huh. uh she gets caught in the ceiling fan I think by the eyes again lots of <laughs> eyes business like maybe it's like a biblical you know like come up and so hey you've been looking at this other man now we're going to punish your eyes yeah spins around the room vomits on Rocco yep an old classic we gotta keep coming back to that vomit oh yeah baby so that that kind of kills the mood as far as I, I don't think Rocco was ever into it but uh-huh. Bev figures she is she shot her shot. Yeah. She shooted her shot and missed. Yeah. So Rocco without a shirt on is leaving. The way that Bev approaches him is like like a John that secretly or not so like a John that hates the sex worker. Here's a couple of bucks I owe you. You do this for fun, don't you? Oh, here's what you're really for. Like, he pulled some kind of shit on her. Don't let the door hit you. Oh, I guess money's on the dresser, huh? You're like, no, you Called me over. You've basically forced me into this uh-huh, situation. Yep. And at this point, Ed gets home from work, walks in. He sees- At the worst time. Oh, it's just the worst the time. Worst well, yeah. time. If you were shirtless and being handed money, yeah. it never looks good. Not good And you could have just been mowing the lawn, but yeah. guess what? It doesn't look good. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, Ed seems pissed. You saw my wife! 
in her bathrobe. And this, I genuinely feel bad. This yeah. is a shitty, shitty thing to say about anybody, especially your wife. Isn't it awful? It's terrible. It's abusive. And Rocco goes through this whole diatribe. He kisses her on the hand and talks about how nice of a lady she is, how if she wasn't married, what he would do. I'm sure it's just a show. She's yeah. gross. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Like He's had he's had a whole day that he could have uh, yeah, he could have gone for sex that. with her. But he sees that she is she is very hurt She's by hurt, this. Yep. And this is again such a human it's a fucking heart baby it's a comedy cartoon but it's farts with hearts heart baby so that night Ed sees what he's done to his yep. poor wife by yep. talking that way he apologizes and Papa Bear finally comes with the honey oh yeah and their foreplay I don't know maybe it's their whole thing I can't uh -huh. tell but at least their foreplay is him skeet shooting plates <laughs> with his tongue Whipping his tongue that she throws, and not just plates, like she throws a plate, but also a lamp, the toilet. I yeah. mean, it's just all kind of anything that's porcelain. It's crazy, man. Yeah. And that's how, she, oh, Ed. Like it's a masculine, maybe that's a cane toad, you know, display of virility. They I don't, lock, I don't they know. They lock tongues and. And it's all That's over, a wrap, baby. Uh, but man, I hope they don't have to go through that much abuse and potential adultery every time. Every week, baby. Every week, that's the only way they can get together. Every week. But modern life doesn't last forever. Mm -mm. Nope, it's short. Joe Murray encouraged them to continue production after he left. He left at the end of season four. Nickelodeon canceled the show. They gave us four incredible seasons. Beautiful. I love them. Yeah. I, I, I really would like to come back and watch some of these episodes. One that I would like to come back and check out sometime from 23 years later. <laughs> Rocco's Modern Life, Static Cling, came about in August 2019 on Netflix, a special just a single episode, 45 minutes, set in modern day. Rocco and his pals have been in space for some reason. Yeah. And they come back to see the new modern life. Yeah, it's no longer the 90s, baby. No, it's the 2010s. Mm, at the yeah. end of the 2010s, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to skip over that, just that we want to watch this episode Yo, sometime. Yeah, so we're going to yeah. reserve chatting about it more Yeah, because we're going to cover this one someday. In between in those 23 years, <laughs> Joe Murray and all these other talented people that were on the show, they didn't just lay around dreaming up a single 45-minute cartoon. They went on to create the next generation of Nicktoons. Yep. Joe Murray and a lot of the same people from Rocco's Modern Life worked on a show called Camp Laszlo, which was on Nickelodeon. Uh-huh. I remember that one vaguely, yep. Other members of the team also did another Nickelodeon. Uh, I say classic. These are past my expiration date <laughs> as far as watching Nickelodeon regularly goes. Right. Angry Beavers. Uh-huh. And then some more of the team went on and did Phineas and Ferb over at Disney. I, these are, again, I don't watch these. Maybe big, someday we'll get to them. Big hit, man. But they don't, to me, they don't feel like yesterday's animations. They feel like tomorrow's animations because we're old. <laughs> we're dying, We're dying. Travis. We're on the other end of dying. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, but I guess the biggest thing that this team went on to do, not it's Joe just, Murray. It's just Rocco's Modern Life, right? Rocco's Modern Life was the biggest thing they ever did. No. No, okay. Stop, stop screwing around. Okay. The biggest thing that team ever went on to do, Joe Murray was not involved, but a lot of the same people were some of the same voice actors. Tom Kenny mentioned earlier who played uh, Heifer, uh, yep. plays this gentleman. Everyone knows his name. I know less about him. Uh, Travis, you have been a parent in the past 20 years, uh, and yeah, therefore, you do know about this guy. I do. I do. SpongeBob SquarePants. Woo! The biggest of Nicktoons, I assume. Yeah. I mean, can we award it? That I, yeah. that seems like the biggest thing. 100%. 100%. I mean, 100%. it's going to be it's going to be on the docket someday. We'll we'll have to cover it. Yep. If we really want to be <laughs> the good journalists that we say we are, you know. Hey, the the cartoon's great, man. It gets my approval. I'll we'll check it out. Yeah, okay. We'll check out the SpongeBob. <laughs> put on, hey, we'll just put on the docket. It's on the docket. Put on the docket. Consider it docketed. Thank you. 
thank you all for joining us today on the Days Past Tunecast, talking about Rocco, talking about one of the more important Australian immigrants since uh, he's up there with Crocodile Dundee <laughs> and what, Nicole Kidman? Yeah. And Hugh Jackman. Uh-huh, he yep. should be up there on the wall with those three. Steve Irwin. We can throw Steve Irwin, Steve Irwin. in the mix. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's a team right there. Australian Avengers. (laughs) Thank you. If you would like to help put us on a wall of great podcasts that you've reviewed, you should go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Give us a five-star rating and give us a written review. If you write a written review, if you review us, it will put us in front of other people's eyes, make them aware of the Days Past Tunecast, and don't you want them to enjoy what we're peddling over here? Mm-hmm. I sure do. Yeah, me too, me too. And listen, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at DPTunecast. And listen, if you like our show, go to DPTunecast.com. It's our website. You can listen to all of our shows there. Our whole catalog. Over 100. Over a hundred, mm-hmm. including hey, more Nicktoons for you. Yeah, dog, Rugrats, more to come in the future. I'm sure. We talked about SpongeBob, sir. In another couple weeks, we'll have a new episode for you. Come back for that. And in the meantime, tutor my duder. Tutor my duder. Hefa, hefa. That's the one. That's that's my <laughs> my word to get back to him. Is hefa, 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 hefa. You're killing it right now. I like that. I'll never, I'll never do it on the podcast. Hefa, hefa, hef, hef. It's a little bit of a hefa, 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 hefa. Bro, yeah, that's on point, man. I just like close my eyes and just hefa, hefa. I don't know, Mrs. Bighead. That you're, you're. That's pretty good too, actually, Mr. Bighead. You have to kind of speak clipped like this. It's about sounding slightly scared, mm-hmm. as Mr. Wallace Wallace B. <laughs> <is>. <laughs>